Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Hey there, Cam here from Team Sirius. This week on the show, Siri and Beck discuss all things oxygen, like how to breathe, with tips you may have never thought of. And don't forget, if you want to join these chats live, you can join the club. Just go to TeamSiriusTriClub.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the live chat, everybody. Hope you had an amazing weekend. Um, we had a great weekend. Beck did Tony Robbins Business Mastery course and was on fire all weekend. I took care of the horses and did a lot of work. Um, so we had a great weekend. Um, how are all of you? I've got it on there so I can see the questions. Hi, Laura. I great to see you, Laura. Now. Hi, I Brian. I can't read um, on there anymore. I've got my I need glasses now. I turned 43 in February. Oh my God, it's so. Scary. You don't need glasses. Your your writing Hi, Laura. on your phone is so small. I can't even see it. Laura and Mel Mitchell. Yeah, Mel Mitchell. Hi, Mel. <laughs> if, if you guys haven't met Mel Mitchell, she is the head of our Australian Team Serious Tri Club. And she's amazing. She was an incredible pro athlete herself, um, a great champion, an amazing swimmer, and now one of our amazing coaches. So we feel so blessed. Rebecca Allen's we have, on, another uh, one of our Becky great... Becky Allen's our coach too. Yeah, and she's amazing, you guys. Karen, so... we have Karen Steve. Oh, we have Karen Steve's on. Carrie Preston. Carrie, yay. Awesome, you guys. Great to have you on, you guys. We're hoping that you're going to have some good questions for us. Always know that with these live chats, guys, it's he, we are here to answer your questions. So come prepared. Anything. There are no uh, stupid questions. Um, every question matters, and we want you to have everything you need to be your best selves in the sport or in life. So... Ask away, hey, guys. Hi, Patrice. Great to see you, Patrice. And if anyone's interested, we would love you to celebrate um, Siri's uh, 10K celebratory run. A year, it's exactly a year since her bone marrow transplant on February 21st. Mm -hmm. And you guys, you can walk it, you can jog it, you can swim it, you can bike it, you can <laughs> row it, you can horseback ride it. Um, join me on that day, not just to celebrate my life, but to celebrate your own life. So it's a 10K celebratory run. Beck's going to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. Um, we also have you guys, so it's six weeks from yesterday, but we have a five, uh, a five week 10K plan, which is like $25. It's amazing value. And it actually says, we'll get you to best 10K. And I actually think if you, during this time in off season, when we're all kind of, not race peaking, I think it actually would get you to your best 10K, but we have a four week 5K plan, which is 25 bucks, and we have a five week 10K plan. All of our best workouts, um, it's amazing, you'll love it, you'll get results, and I'd love actually to have some guinea pigs do that. So um, yeah, starting yesterday, it was six weeks, so you've got another week to you wanna start that, but it's available now in the training plans um, on the website, so. And if you don't wanna go in it to crush it, like me, I just wanna run 10K solid. Um, so I don't have big goals of, uh, my hip keeps me from actually going much faster than a 10 minute mile, but 
Um, it's just making the distance too. So it doesn't have to be a time goal. You can just go for it to make the distance. And if you um, can't run it, you could always ride. As well. And swim. I'm challenging oh, my athletes. Yeah. If you guys want to swim 10K that day, I would... I think that would be absolutely amazing. And I'm going to put the link on for that too, because there is a link to sign up. It's absolutely free. You can choose whether you want to donate if you want to. It's not um, obligatory to LLS, Leukemia Lymphoma Society, which would be amazing. They saved our, li our lives. I say our lives. They, they did. They did. But they saved so many lives every year. Um, there's a link to Believe too. You can kind of choose who you want to donate to, but it's not, it's not compulsory to do that, but it would be nice. I think it would be nice to think. That incredible society, um, or save a horse, whatever you wish. Yeah. You don't have to. It's <laughs> you don't just have there to. You don't if, you're, have to. if you're if you feel like it. it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, guys, how about some questions? How's everybody doing? Um, Megan's on. How are you, Megan? I hope you're feeling a lot better now. Um, you never got back to me, um, so I want to hear how you're doing. Uh, please there was a know. question that I promised I was going to ask on here and I cannot remember what it was and I'm not sure if the person's on here. So that's just devastating to me. And I'm going to talk about breathing even though Siri finds it very, very boring because <laughs> she finds anything that's not uh, personal development boring. <laughs> no, I don't. I love this sport. We have some triathletes on either asking about breathing and I've seen, you know, you see people on TV and they're running. Their mouth's shut. And I think that is so bad. So don't run with your mouth shut, you guys. Don't do anything with your mouth shut unless your head's down for swimming. Well, then you open your mouth because you want to breathe out. But um, you want to open mouth breathe. And you should really be have a relaxed, like, open mouth when you're running. And the air comes in your mouth and out your mouth. You might have a little bit in your nose and out your nose. But ideally, you want to be breathing through your freaking mouth because you're going to go hypoxic otherwise. And with swimming especially, one big thing, and Siri knows this was a complete game changer in this little distinction, was... One of our athletes had his head down and he would go, and he, sorry, I probably just breathe all over your face. He'd breathe out. I love it. He'd breathe out and in when he turned his head. So your eyes are down. And I say, look at the bottom. Brent Hayden agrees with me. And he's the best swimmer in the world. One of the best swimmers in the world. Siri says to do it. So I say, eyes down. Look at the bottom. Don't put your head up like this. Mel Mitchell is an unbelievable swimmer. She's probably the only one that could get away with that. And that is how she swims. But I say for those non-swimmers, eyes down to bring your legs up. And when you go to breathe, you guys, breathe out with your head down, all your air out. It's like 90% of your air comes out when your head's down. And then all you're doing is rotating your head like it's on a skewer, right? You're just rotating it to the side to breathe. Mel might add her two cents here. And remember, we're not all unbelievable swimmers like Mel Mitchell. She could get a kind of get away with doing different things. But this is for one, people that don't have the best buoyancy and haven't swum before or aren't um, competent swimmers. You want to just roll your head to the side to breathe. And I always say, like I used to teach kids to swim, one eye out of the water. And you kind of turn your mouth like that. It sounds funny, but if you look at swimmers, they're doing that. They're not going, <gasps> because as soon as you rotate over like that, your hips follow. And then that's when you see that crossover is usually because people are rotating too far over when they breathe. I wanted to include that. Because yeah, no, that's awesome. I've seen that before. So, um, and you can practice that, guys. Like if you're just learning how to swim, and I'm going to take it way back to true beginners, you can practice that just by being at the side of the pool and exhale, blow bubbles under the water, turn your head slightly just so mm -hmm. that half your mouth is out of the water and breathe back in, exhale under the water, inhale when you turn and your head switch to the arms side and, do the other and side. then switch to the mm -hmm. other side. But it's something that all of us could practice. This guy that was swimming, he was actually a really good swimmer. Yeah. God knows how he and swam as well as he did. And he blue lips, right? Didn't he? 
And we wondered what was going on and then we realized that that's what was happening. He was exhaling and inhaling on his rotation. He crossed over like mad. Mm -hmm. And when we fixed this, it took him to a whole new level. So it amazing. really is an important part of this. That was Andy, right? Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. as far as breathing while running, I found I had a rhythm. When I was running hard, I had a rhythm. I don't even really remember what it is now, but it sounded you could hear the way that I too. breathe. It, and it calmed me down. I could, and didn't you go... Something like I that. Could, I, yeah, could, I remember like it. That. Not that I was ever close enough. <laughs> but when, when you're running hard next time, come up with a rhythm that kind of calms you and it, it gets you in a rhythm. Okay, so it's only when you're running hard that this will work. But when I mm, tapped into yeah. that breathing rhythm, I really kind of got totally. into the flow and was able to have my best runs. So yep. I haven't run hard in a long time. That's why I can't remember my <laughs> rhythm. I um, It looks worse than what it feels, but I noticed that I, and Siri used to say, relax, relax, bring your shoulders down, but... For some reason, to slow my breathing down, I would do, and you'd see me in races doing it even when I was winning, and I, and my shoulders shouldn't come up when I do that. It did, because I was probably a bit of anxiety too, but I would do like a big, like every couple of minutes I'd do that, and it would just reset my body. Like, mm. it's hard to do when you're breathless, because you were breathless, pretty bloody breathless during the races. But yeah, I had that rhythm too. It was like... And it was definitely something important yeah. that we don't really talk about. So, But also when you are... I asked Mel Mitchell if she remembers having some sort of a breathing rhythm because this chick was a freak even as a 16-year-old. So Mel, if you can tap in on that, let us know. Let us know what your breathing pattern was. And guys, if you do feel like you're nervous or you're tight, like take a moment. Right. I used to just get up and shake my arms out. Like I'd you be running, running, we running, running, and I would I just remember. go like this. Yeah. And it I'd would... twist. And Beck would let out a big... Yeah, um, yeah but then you... You um, threw your back out a couple yeah. months ago doing that. No, but yeah, twisting's good too, just to relax. Not while yourself. you're running. I wouldn't do no, that while I you're running. I did so hard one day, I tweaked my back. That was not good. Yeah. Was so don't months. do that while you're running. But you can <laughs> shake out the arms, okay? And I used to, I say to my I've athletes. I've seen Rini do that too. Well, I teach them that, that when they're mm. on the treadmill and they're getting really tight and I can tell that they're struggling, I say, shake out the arms. Because what it does is it releases that tension, it calms mm. them down a little bit, and then they're able to run fast with less effort than they were before. Yep. And you've heard us talk about arm position, and I've talked before about, like, this is really funny, but most good runners actually do this without even thinking about it. Like, I was told as a race walker, I was a race walker as a kid, and to hold my hand like this very lightly with my thumb on the top, like you're holding a little bird and it needs to be able to breathe and you don't want to squash him and he needs to have his head out so he has to be able to breathe so you're really loose on your thumb. And that's how they taught us to relax though, you're not squeezing. That's how we were told to hold our hands and ever since that's just a natural, I know Siri you had a little flick, like I think your arm hand was open, mm. one hand you had open yeah. which doesn't really matter, you're the best in the world. But I used to have, but it's a rhythm, it's all about it's a rhythm, rhythm, right? So I used yeah. to have it like that. Um, and Mel will remember Brett used to give us sticks and for people that had weird arm position, it's the best thing you could do. Brett used to give it long, like three times the length of this and twice as thick, but wooden sticks and they'd hold them in their hands. And you know what else he used to do? So this is crazy. Stand up for a second. I want to show people. He, at one stage, people who were, um, overextending their arms, they would have to tie a toggle. This is Beth Thompson there. And they'd have to hold that. Right, and he'd tie it where he wanted it. And look where Siri's arms are, though. It's like the perfect position. Your arms should sit where they land when you bend them up. So if you have your arms by your side, 
and you just literally have it by your side like this, right? And it's, you just bend them up. That's where they sit. They don't sit up here. They don't sit down here. You see people sitting down here. If you let them sit where they bend, that's like the best way. And he used to have a toggle tied mm. knots on yeah. their shirts. And they'd have to, because if you go that way forward too much, you're actually, if you stand there and do this on the spot, you're actually going to go backwards. So that's why Siri always talks about drive, 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 like use your arms, but it's like you're driving back. You don't want to drive up. It's like a... And you don't want to drive across, across either because yeah. then you're covering more ground than you need to. And you're... What happens to your legs too? Yeah, exactly. Your, your hips follow so your legs. So the arm movement, guys, forward and back, forward and back, close to your hips. What your arms do, your feet will follow. So if you run at a really low cadence, I want to get you to up your cadence a bit. You're going to be able to run faster with less effort. And the way you do that, up your cadence by upping the tempo of your arms. Your feet will follow, mm. okay? There was a famous runner, and I cannot think of his name, um, Joanna King's run coach, Mel Mitchell. If you remember the name of the man who's a famous Olympic runner, um, like not Cliff Young, <laughs> a fast runner um, in Australia. We used to do seminars on running with them in the AIS and the Institute of Sport all the time. And um, he taught us these run tips of hold a string attached to the top of your head right in the middle. Mel might even remember this. Pulling up and forward. So this is your position when you're running. Like if you see Rini or the top runners, even Siri when she was racing, that's where they are from their heels that way. It's that angle like leaning in, forward yeah. lean. Yeah. And um, wait, I was going to say one more thing before I forget. What was it? What was it? Ah, uh, no, can't remember. The key principles to run technique, you guys, shoulders back, chest forward. You want that forward lean. You want to land beneath your hips, okay? You want your gaze down on the ground about 10 feet in front of you, okay? The first thing that happens when we start getting tired is we all fall backwards, and then we end up dragging ourselves. So we get tired, and then we make it even harder on ourselves, so I want to train you guys to when you start getting tired that you land more on your forefoot, lean forward from the hips, your shoulders stay back, but your chest comes forward, your gaze is down 10 feet on the ground in front of you. That's going to keep your momentum up. That's going to make it easier because when you fall backwards and you land on your heels, you're dragging yourself and you're making it so much harder on yourself. Yep. And I know there's some people that encourage. It's funny, I was watching, it was someone... Um, talk about heel strike and it should be a heel to toe off and that was yeah. a little old school some people can get away with it that are really light and they're tall bean poles and they can kind of get away with that but if you're heel striking you're automatically you're like you're stopping yourself like you're putting the stops putting the on. brakes on yeah so yeah. You, you don't want to really when you walk we do it yeah but you my my heel barely touched the ground i could see where i wore my shoe in a race because it was just like the inside and then all on the ball of my foot yeah um oh the other thing was um the other coach the t coach taught us i just can't remember his name but he's a famous olympic runner in australia it wasn't steve monaghetti but he, he ran with him it was like that string attached to your head pulling forward up and forward with chin like eyes slightly down chin what do you say chin tucked a little bit don't you say and like just relax shoulders but it was with these hand things with little birds and keeping the, sh uh, the shoulders back chest forward like Siri said and arms tucked in not crossing your line was he would say we had to stand there and we had to pump our arms like Siri says like this on the spot like pump 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 and not move our legs as soon as you do that if you stand on the spot and do that you actually with forward lean you fall on your face but if you pump backwards, you fall backwards. So he always said to get that, when we ran track, because we used to run 3,800s with Brett and Sirius do that 25-4 set. Mel will remember that killer. Mm. Um, 
he'd say, pump your right arm as you go right around the track. And as you go left, you want to pump your left arm more. We don't need to worry about that because we're running in a straight line. But pumping down when you really want to get that speed actually really helps. Mm -hmm. Like It's like you're, you're throwing a dart into the ground, he used to say. I don't know how I remember that. I was like 20 when I was taught That's that. That's awesome. Mm. Awesome. It's not, it's, it's not like a hard effort, but it's just no. like flick, flick, flick. And you already did that. I've seen you. You've, you already had that. Yeah. Awesome. Racing. I love it. You don't like it, do you? No, I, I do tell. not. No, I love it. I love it. And this, love this guy it. was an Olympic medalist. I just can't really remember his name. He's a marathoner from Australia. No, I love it. It's yeah. awesome. Mm. It's great. Because there's no questions. I feel like there's 25 people on and people are being so sweet to not ask. But like, that's why we're here, you yeah, guys. Yeah, because so guys, on. if you don't have questions, we won't get on. Yeah. So we're here to answer your questions, guys. Mm. Um, so please, there's got to be um, anything. Anything. I can't believe they wouldn't have any questions. Oh, let's talk about the Schroeder area then if they don't have any questions. So we have now the 5K and the 10K plans available, as we said. And we're doing a Schroeder and we made the decision. We're going to obviously offer it to you guys. It may not be as exciting for you because we include um, the workouts are really for more people that are just starting to get kick-started. And some of you may not be actually working out right now. I don't know. But if you're not planning to do a triathlon, it's for people that are kind of get their ass off the couch and do a whole reset. And the most important part, I think, is the nutrition side. So Mickey Willardin is a celebrity... Um, high performance nutritionist. She, I say celebrity, but she does look, she would never say this because she's very humble, but she takes on some of the top celebrities, actors, actresses in, from New Zealand and Australia, and she helps them with their nutrition. And she does a lot of high performance, world-class athletes, but she so kindly gives her time to us too, for, absolutely for free. So she's, she's amazing. Her and Siri and I are working together on this shredduary and we wrote, Siri wrote, I won't take credit, I wrote seven of the workouts. Siri wrote 21. Well, your seven were freaking amazing. <laughs> Siri wrote 28 of our key workouts squashed into 15 to 20 minutes that's all it is per day um but you also get 28 days worth of meal plans and it is all resetting your gut resetting your tummy so if you're full bloated or you haven't had a great diet or you have um gluten-free or intolerance or some sort of intolerance if you've had like bloating or gas whatever anyway it resets your gut microbiome in 28 days because it's all the recipes are Breakfast, lunch, dinner, no gluten, no dairy, um, no wheat, and all organic. Well, you don't have to eat all organic. You should eat all organic anyway. But that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. It's going to be awesome, inflammatory which is how Siri and I already eat. Yeah. Anti-inflammatory, guys, so important. So if you're interested in that, we posted it everywhere. Yes, it is $49, which is bloody ridiculous, really. We tossed the price up. And I'm like, freaking hell, just, let's just pretty much give it away. And so she sells it normally for 100 by itself, and that plan's normally 100 on its own, but we're kind of giving it to you for like 25%. So, and Becky asked, can we do just the Zoom call and the nutrition plan? You can, but it's no cheaper because we're already kind of like giving you know, incredible value. But for 99, um, you get all of that plus a Zoom call every week for four weeks with me, Siri will jump in in one of them. Um, but me and uh, Mickey are going to get on every single week and you're going to get an email blast every single day with tips and um, workouts and um, bonus workouts and all these other bonus stuff. So yeah. yeah, awesome. There you go. Awesome. This says we only have three, but this yeah, says we have weird. 24. Oh, wait, maybe there's questions on that one. Look. Oh, I just saw questions. Oh, there are. Oh, this is so weird, you that guys. That is so weird, you guys. We're like, they can't, there must be some questions. There's like a hundred questions on mine, but there were no questions on this one. Okay. Oh, my God. Boom, we love you guys. I'm so sorry for thinking you didn't have any. We're like, what are we doing? Okay, so here we go. Um, so the best way. Okay, yay. 
Megan Newman, the best way to come back from sickness, gently or full on? Gently. Mm. Gently, Why don't you tell Megan. them what you would give for someone? Because someone just got positive for COVID. And I know Matt, I wish Maddie was on here because Magda got, had to recover from that. There was another question back up here I want to answer. Yeah. Okay. So, so go first that, of all, find this question. gently. Okay. Now, here's the good news. Like, I remember some of my athletes used to get sick before Kona, like a few weeks out, three weeks out. And they'd be so worried that they were going to, you know, that it ruined their entire lead up to the world championships. It doesn't. When you get back, as long as you get back properly, you are going to actually be healthier and stronger because your white blood cells come out and they fight the sickness. So you're actually, when you come out of it and you're healthy, you're going to be that much stronger. But you want to come back gently. And your body's been through a lot. I know what you've been dealing with, Megan. Your body's been through a lot. It's exhausting. It's like when you're going through stress at work. You get just as physically exhausted with a stressful project at work than you do training, you know, three sessions a day. So you want to eat healthy. You want to hydrate lots. You want to alkalinize your blood, lemon in your water. Mm. Start out by doing everything super easy, keeping it short and keeping it easy. Mm -hmm. So start the first couple of days, maybe like a 15-minute jog. And you could try like a 30-minute swim, but keep everything super easy. If you pull up fine and everything feels great, then you can maybe do a you know hour-long bike ride the next day and a little bit of a longer swim. But gauge yourself and don't judge yourself. Like if you feel exhausted after that first day back of doing a 15-minute jog and a 30-minute swim, yeah. then the next day, take it easier. Mm -hmm. Okay, or have but, the day off. Or have the day off. But be kind to yourself. Don't rush it. Because the worst thing you can do, and I've seen this happen, is you think you're better. You get out. You start training. You do too much too soon. And then you get sick again. Or it goes to your chest. Or it goes to your chest. You don't want to do that. And I know you've been struggling with a cough, Megan. So... Um, I would stay on eating garlic. If you like garlic, it's so good. Ch my homemade chicken soup, I'll send you the recipe. Um, I'll actually post it on the page, you guys. This soup, I'm telling you, it's miraculous. If you take it when you're first starting to get sick and yes, you just drink yes, it yes, yes. all day long, it will either keep the sickness from coming or it'll make it way less... Um, uh, way yeah, less aggressive, uh, aggressive and I didn't believe Siri till I did it and I tell you what don't ha don't stay in the same bedroom as your partner you probably shouldn't if you're sick anyway because it's very gaseous because of a lot of <laughs> garlic and a lot of onion yeah but it fucking works like. but be kind to yourself Megan write me I'll give you some tips let me know how you're feeling and I'll give you some ideas on how to come back gently okay be kind to yourself and respect yourself fueling for a 70.3 I'm gonna go through that really quickly but I do think the best person to answer that if you want a more um, overall approach is Mary Carmen. She's great with that stuff. But I'll give you my fueling for a 70.3. Um, so oh, let's start with the carb load. So the carb load, instead of being a week, would be about, instead of being a couple of days, I don't even really do a carb load the day before, um, unless you're going to be out there for like six hours, oh, sorry, six or seven hours, you maybe want to do a slight carb load a little before that. So what does carb load mean? That's a good question. Carb loading would just be to increase your overall um, carbohydrate intake so that your glycogen stores are full for the race. So, so Kerry, I would do for you, you're probably a newbie. I'm thinking you may be around the six hour mark. Sorry if I'm wrong, but even if it's five, six hours, I would carb load and MC can add to this. Um, if the race is Sunday, I'd start carb loading Friday. Uh, sorry, yeah, a little bit Friday night, Saturday, add a little more carbs into your lunch and dinner. 
Um, so yeah, actually Saturday morning, Saturday lunch, a lot more carbs into your dinner and then um, back off a little bit the night before the race because you don't want to have the carbs right before you go to bed. But you want to carb load more carbohydrates Friday night, Saturday morning and Saturday lunchtime. Um, my favorite go-to, and I stole this off Lance Armstrong, was penne pasta with um, with chicken and pesto and a little bit of a little bit of grated cheese would be my would be my pre-race. Um, I did that for Ironman. And as who well. made your pre-race? My dinners? wife. And she'd make me carbo load with her guys. Oh yeah. So she'd sit down and she'd have all this food. And and she'd want me for to an eat Iron it with Man, her. not necessarily for a half. So load. she'd go and work it all off in the Ironman, and I'd be there so freaking bloated after eating like ten thousand calories the night before her race. Because every gram of carbs, we hold one gram of water. We have to do that in our glycogen so stores. So that's a, a bit of extra weight. You're going to feel a bit of extra weight for your race, but you want them to be loaded. Um, for a half, not as important. You could maybe get away with not doing too much, but the ideal thing when you are racing, like breakfast, you want to have, I, I was so basic, I would just have like two pieces of toast with like peanut butter and banana. And then um, like three hours before, and then some people do gels on the start line. I don't do that because I feel like we're eating so much crap while we're racing. I didn't like to do that, but you could throw a gel in or a banana just before the race, like 30 minutes before. And then race is really important. The best way to calculate carbs is just one gram of carbs per kilo of body weight per hour. And if you're not racing at a really high intensity, like a top elite, elite athlete, top pro, especially the men with the metabolic rate, they can go up to 1.5. And I would go up to 1.5 grams per kilo on the bike sometimes in really hot conditions. Um, but, uh, but that's hard because then you have to have a gram of water for every gram of carbs to digest that. So if you're gonna take in a 20 gram gel, always have a 200 ml of water to, with that. Don't try and drink electrolyte with that because then you're stacking your carbs too high. But I would try and get 20 grams of carbs every 20 minutes with 200 mils of water um, and keep sipping throughout my electrolyte. So I'd have 60 gram of carbs per hour because I'm 60 kilos. That's the best way to do it. There's other ways to do it. You can work on calories too, but that's just an easy, quick way to work it out. And make sure, oh, one of the dogs just farted. Oh, Real gross. Bad. Real bad. Oh, and dear, one I don't thing, know if I can handle that. It stinks. It's Gracie. okay. It's a fart. It's the worst fart. It's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. It's and look, look at the culprit right here. Miss Naughty Girl. And I want to say, guys, the timing's <laughs> important. So basically... Like people forget, especially in like a half Ironman or an Ironman, when you've been in the water for that long, okay, less for a half Ironman, obviously, but um, the first thing you want to do when you get on your bike is drink and fuel. Because especially in an Ironman, if you've been in the water for over an hour, you know, you haven't had a drink for over an hour, you haven't had any fuel for over an hour. So I always tell my athletes that the first thing you want to do is taking some hydration, taking some fuel right after you get on your bike. Yep, and you know what? Well, I never used to do that. And even though it felt counterintuitive because I didn't really feel like eating then, yes. I wasn't even hungry. Siri made me do that. I never forget in Austin, it was really hot that day. And that was such a good tactic because she's like, just get in like two gels straight away. Get like that yes. 30 to 60 grams in. And then I didn't have to worry so much. Um, well, I, of course, I'm conscious of it during the race, but during the bike, but it was so important. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, so I hope that helps, Carrie. We can help more, but that's just the basic outline. One gram per kilo body weight per hour. Yeah. I believe and you, in that she nailed calories. it. She was so good. I just think your calories are so, awesome. so specific to, yeah. your, to your metabolism. So I think body weight going on grams of carbs yeah. is better. Absolutely. 
Um, and okay. you want one water and one electrolyte um, in pretty warm conditions, at least like um, that, yeah, two bottles an hour. In less hot conditions, you might be able to get away with one, one and a half of electrolyte water, but you'd want one of each. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Okay, so um, Kath Carpenter, yoga uh, throughout the yes. week. Where'd it go? Um, Heel striking, no heel oh, striking, Kath. No. Yeah, no, no mm. heel striking, Kath. I agree with yoga. Yes. Wait, as long I, as it doesn't replace one. Well, it's probably. Oh important. no, that was Karen. Karen asking about how do you feel about yoga during the week? Monday, I think was, five o'clock. We did four o'clock with Dan. Yeah, four o'clock on Monday with Dan is awesome. I think once a week is plenty. Yo, here's my thought on yoga: if it's something that helps you to recover, do it. If it's something you feel like, oh, I got to go do yoga, I got to add this to my training schedule, don't do it because it's going to be too much energy expended. But dance is very but light. Dance very is good. amazing. Oh. So dance on Mondays is incredible. I would put that into your schedule for sure. And if yoga is something that helps you to recover absolutely a couple times a week is great. Yep. Um, thoughts on Patrick McEwen's book, The Oxygen. Oh, I haven't seen that. The Oxygen Advantage on... Breathing and bolt scores. No idea what that even means. Mm -mm. If you haven't read it, no. Wim Hof breathing. I think Wim Hof is beneficial. Um, it all depends on what you want to focus on. Like there's so many like two millimeter improvements you can get. But, you know, put a pair of Nomatec boots on, you're probably going to get... Here's my <laughs> philosophy. The same benefit, you know, like what I mean, yeah. like recovery wise. With the breathing, like to me, it's like running with music. Okay. And, and I've talked about this before. If running with your favorite music in your ears is going to get you to perform 10% better or go 10% faster in your training session, I will take that training effect, that training benefit over you practicing not having music because in a race you can't use music. Mm -hmm. So in the same note with breathing, like, yeah, you can, and I remember Rini went through a stage where she was trying that and I said, look, we got to, this is, you got to stop doing this. She was trying to do the running with her mouth closed and I said, okay, you're, she thought she was getting more efficient with her breathing and all of that. That's fine. I respect that. Mm -hmm. But she was not getting the most out of her training. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and I wanted to be hitting the goals that we had in her training. And therefore I want you take in all the air that you can so that we can get the training effect that we're looking towards. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, MC, someone asked a question about keto, but I'll let MC answer that. I don't know any of the best athletes in the world that are endurance athletes that are on a ketogenic diet. I just, mm -hmm. I just think it's crazy to try and go that aggressive when you're a high performance athlete. I don't know any. I know that there's ones that do um, different other of, sports. Yeah, other sports yeah. that aren't high endurance. But I know there's athletes that tried keto and then went back to normal. You've got to fuel your body, and I just think keto, although it's trying, you should be able to use your fat for fuel anyway. The way you train, so. I just, yeah, I'm with MC there. I just, I think that it's, uh, I agree. It's, you just got to keep it simple, you guys. Like it might be okay for a little while, but then it could come back like to a bodybuilder. bite you in the foot. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. I don't think we have any more questions. Yeah, yeah. there were. Brian. Oh. Um, <gasps> Brian Armakins on. Brian's made Brian. me cry twice this year. And Brian, I have to say that metal, like I got that, um, it, something about the smell of that metal, I was like, oh my God, it brought me back to like my Iron Man finisher days. And I was like, oh, I love this. So you guys, Brian Obercon, if you don't know who he is, um, he's pretty famous actually. Mike Riley um, has brought him across the finish line five or six times. And on the sixth attempt of making the cutoff, Brian finished Montremblanc, which is the hardest freaking Ironman. I'm telling you, it is the hardest race probably in the world with the way the course is designed. 
and he made the cutoff. And I think he even rang me like, I think he had his phone. <laughs> he rang me. We knew he was going to make it. Anyway, I got his medal. He sent me his medal and I was thinking about it. I did a little story about it yesterday. And I picked it up and I was like reading his note again. He has a two page letter he wrote me. And I didn't I say it's my best yes. achievement. Yes. Like someone asked me to talk about my best achievement um, in the sport. And one of them's getting the world record with Chrissy, but the other one was Brian Overkin finishing the cutoff for his yep. Ironman. Absolutely. I was, like, was I balling? Was oh. I going to fly there? Well, we I swear on tears. my grave, I yeah. was going to fly to Montremblant yeah. to watch him. Yeah. Like, I was so close. I was looking at the flights. I was so close to doing it. Yeah. And I think it was something happened with your health or someone's health, and I couldn't go. But yeah, yeah I so was going to be there. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, yeah. Brian, you are such an inspiration. Brian, can you so. post a link to your, um, to your uh, to Iron the Man video. story, please, so yeah. people can watch it? That would be amazing, Brian. Okay, I'm reading the questions here. Uh, Brian, I'm trying to find your question. It was something there about... Is... Okay. Uh, that he's just started getting started and um, hasn't done anything at all. So if you're at the point, maybe you've had an injury and you haven't been able to do anything or you've been sick, you haven't been able to do anything for a long time. Or Brian, if you just haven't trained for a long time. First of all, mm -hmm. when you start training... Do not compare yourself, your fitness, your pace, how long you can go for to what you were doing when you were in peak fitness. Do not do that, okay? Like if I was trying to compare what I'm doing now to what I used to do in my prime fitness, I'd be so depressed. Mm. I am looking at where I'm at now, where I started, okay, and where I am going, Okay, and I'm celebrating every small victory. If for you, Brian, that means that you run one mile on your first jog, freaking awesome. Celebrate that. You are out, you are running, you're getting fit again. That's freaking awesome. And then judge your progress by how much you're improving from that space, from where you are today, from the weight you're at, from the fitness you're at, and celebrate those small victories along the way. But do not compare. Comparison oh, no. is cannot the thief do that. of joy. Yeah, imagine if you did that. Oh, You'd I'd be, be so, so depressed. Like, yeah. So, and you can get back to that, Brian. There is no. Oh, you can. You can go way do. beyond that. To be honest, yeah. I really believe we just started to tap into that. Comparison but. is the thief of joy. Whether you're comparing yourself to your former self or you're comparing yourself to everyone else around you, don't do it. It doesn't serve you. It just discourages you. Oh. So start where you are celebrate where you are, take that first step and build upon that. And it's going to be freaking amazing, Brian. And I do believe because as we go through life, as we overcome challenges, we build this incredible strength of character and your strength of character and what you've been through oh. has gotten stronger yeah. and stronger. And that is going to serve you. That's going to make you an even better athlete. And you are an athlete. Remember those of you that say, I'm not a runner. I'm not a swimmer. I'm stop. not a biker. Stop. You are. You're an athlete. You're a swimmer. You're a runner. You're a biker. That's what you are. That's what you do. And the more you believe in that, know that that's who you are, the better you're going to perform and the more progress you're going to make. Yep. And so, Brian, I, you, even if you have to start walking, so what? Who cares? I mean, my Karen Goble, she we used to walk run for a minute, then two minutes, then three minutes, and now she's up to an hour and a half after a year. So, mm -hmm. And you know you can do that. But I would love to help you personally more, Brian, if you need that. No worries at all. Um, yeah. Happy to help. Um, Go-to favorite song, Sarah. Do you have one? Oh, my God. I have What's so What's the song many. that the pump... You're unbelievable. Na, 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 Siri, na, like, na, 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 I love 80s, honestly. I love 80s, 80s 90s. 80s. Yeah. No, but what's the one that you come out... On, they play for your... Um, when you come out, your video. Firework? No, you wouldn't... No, no. The one that they played... Oh, my God. I can't even remember it. 
Your old video reel. Your old sizzle reel. Can't you can't remember it either. Shit. She has a sizzle reel that she, they play and it's the best song. Um, I'm so eclectic. I have everything. I, I do anywhere from like, it's silly, but Pink, Michael Jackson, U2, like Blink-182, Pearl Jam, like Metallica, ACDC. Like seriously, so <laughs> Green Day. Here's like, the thing. If you're going for, if the goal is to run easy, yes. choose slower music like acoustic or whatever. But for me, the only time I really did listen to music was on the treadmill when I, I was having guy, to, yeah. like, I was having to, like, go way beyond what I thought I was capable of. So I listened to The Offspring, Blink, Radiohead, um, all, like, the, all that fast, fast. I would look for 100 beats per minute too. so that I could match my cadence to it. Mm -hmm. And that would help me maintain my cadence and be able to push hard and go as fast as I needed to go. So I would... Uh, pick your music depending on what you're looking to get out of the session. If you need Should to go fast, get some fast music that hypes you up. If you're meant to go easy, get some nice calm music. So what was today? It was um, One Hit Wonders in the 80s or something? Huey Lewis in the News. One oh, hit, that was 80s the best. One Hit Wonders. Yeah, it was Huey awesome. Lewis and what? Huey Lewis in the News and he does this radio show. Awesome. And it was, today was the top one one, one hit, hit wonders, wonders of the, the 80s, 80s and all of them were freaking amazing. Amazing. Was amazing. amazing. So I was yeah. born in 78, but I remember the 80s must have been good memories probably yeah. because mum and dad were still oh, living yeah. together. <laughs> and I hadn't quite figured out I was uh, gay yet, so we're <laughs> stuck in dress. Okay, uh, I think uh Becky Allen was asking about I have a tiger is the best. Yes. Um, and I love Pat Benader and you know all those um, so Rebecca, Melissa Etheridge, of course. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So hold Susie on, Becca, took her I'm first trying... cycling class today. Where did you do that, Suze? Um, was that Peloton or where did you do your class? Um, apparently you guys, if you're looking for a Peloton, some of you might not, but there's secondhand Peloton website. Like there's that website for secondhand Pelotons cause they're freaking expensive. Like I think that's a great idea and downloading the app. Um, of course I encourage you to do our plans, but if you're kind of getting bored, um, Trying to find Becky's Must question. Is there a particular cadence? Yes, there is a particular cadence on the bike. We have talked about this a lot. Susie, I'm hoping you've heard this before. But um, I would say for you, knowing your build, like you're strong, you're a strength athlete with muscly legs and you're a little taller, you're going to be at around 75 to 80. Um, most, um, most people, I would say more around... 78 to 82 84 max um but for you i remember looking at your setup and everything i would say even 75 to 80 um for the bike and then the run sirius says 100 but it's hard to get to that with um power per step if you're not running at speed so that can be very but every single one of my right. top runners guys and i've had many yeah. that have broken the it's a hundred course left, run record in kona and 100 left leg steps per minute or 200 per it's 100 minute. to 100 but, but i'm just trying to tell you if like i'm running at like six six miles an hour i can't do 100 steps because i'm doing way too many steps there's no power per step so it's very hard Let's say 90 to, do, to 100. Yeah, it's very hard to do 100 steps with no power per step running really slow. So you might drop down to 90, right? One, 180. That's, yeah, exactly, 180. Yeah. And then when you're running hard and fast, if you get to that point, you want to go for two, yeah. two, 90 to 100 would be great. Mm -hmm. So Becky, um, her question is about the treadmill. When to use it and why not add elevation unless doing a hill set? 
Um, okay, so the not, treadmill... Like the 1% rule, that frustrates yeah. the hell out of me. Always, the treadmill is a treadmill. When you get on the treadmill, you, are not, you are not trying to make it the road. Because it's not. The treadmill is a treadmill, the road is a road. So don't um, run on the treadmill at 1% trying to make it like the road. That's Orange not Orange Theory, what it's the for. first thing they say, babe, is put, put it, it at 1%, 1% and I ignore yeah. them. Yeah. Because also, how do you know it's not if it's dead flat you don't know all treadmills are different some are slightly up one degree is very slight so how do you know how they've got the treadmill set you don't know how they've set it up but keep it at zero percent if you have it at well, a percentage oh, you're more likely to develop a lower leg injury like achilles tendonitis or plantar fasciitis mm -hmm. because you're landing in the exact same spot every single step the treadmill is the most incredible tool that's what took me from being a 45 minute 10k runner to being a 32 high, 33 low 10K runner. Um, I did most of my speed work on the treadmill. Um, what I loved about it is that, you know, the treadmill's not, when we get tired on the road or on the track, even though we don't think we're slowing down, we will back off the pace and we'll slow down a little bit. The treadmill doesn't allow you to do that. <laughs> Mel said, I agree and I work there, Orange Theory. There you yeah. go. <laughs> so if you're trying to hold the speed, if my goal is to do 10 three-minuters at 10 miles an hour, even when I get tired, I have to push through that to stay on without falling off the back of the treadmill. So it's so incredibly powerful in that way. It teaches you how to hold pace. It also trains you in different paces and pace keeping. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Don't put any intervals or any inner incline. incline on it. You'll cause yourself injuries. You could run on the treadmill in this bad weather. If you needed to, you could run on it every day. Stop. But what I would advise you to do um, is, uh, actually I don't advise you to run on it every single day. I take that no, back. No. I think especially if you're not used to it. I think two it, times a week if you're not used to it is a lot. Two to three times a week would be mm. great. If the weather's bad, just do the hard runs on the treadmill. Do the easy runs outside and take it as easy as you need to. If you're running on snow or ice mm. or those things, mm. just be super, super careful. Um, what we want, the reason why we don't want to do all our runs on the treadmill is that you want to be able to strengthen your tendons and ligaments mm. in your feet and ankles, Okay. So where we get that is on uneven road surfaces. Trail running's amazing. You truly strengthen your tendons, your ligaments, and that keeps you healthy. That prevents injury in the long term. On the treadmill, you're just falling in the same place in the same spot every single step, and that can lead to overuse. So you got to be mm -hmm. super careful with that. Um, but yeah, I hope that answered your question. And I know Becky. someone asked about music and. Um, I've heard people say, don't use music when you're running. Yeah, That's I just talked about that. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. I wasn't listening because my dog's... <laughs> no. no. But my dogs were fine. Use your music, guys. Like, if that's going to get 10% more out of you, like, use it. And that's going to make you that much better. <laughs> and it's more joyful and fun. And it should be fun, guys. Training isn't work. It's a privilege. It's an opportunity. It's a joy. Remember that. If you ever go into a session thinking, I have to do this, oh my God, I have to do this, you get to do this. Mm -hmm. You get to do this. Remember that. That's going to put you in the right state to get it done. Be grateful. <laughs> be appreciative. Do your best. Celebrate you in every single moment because what you're doing is extraordinary. Taking on this challenge is extraordinary. And remember that. People will look up to you. You will inspire everyone around you and you'll inspire yourself. What's the best way to release 
the tightest Achilles known to mankind. <laughs> Who's this at? Susie, you're hilarious. Um, okay, there's a lot of ways to do that. But Susie, be very, very careful because if you have a tight Achilles, I'm hoping you mean Celeus, not actual Achilles, because if your Achilles is tight and sore, which is right where like, it inserts into your heel, be very careful of that. Hopefully it's up higher, it's just your Celeus, like the bottom part of your calf, because um, you want to um, really stretch your calves, your Celeus, um, bent knee, stretch against the wall, straight leg stretch against the wall, um, I would do um, really slow uh, calf raises where you're dropping down slow and pushing up like 45 of those, like three sets of five a couple of times a week, really slow. Flossing your, if it's your Achilles, floss your Achilles, look up flossing. Um, that's just getting um, a really tight elastic um, like latex around your uh, Achilles and then pointing and flexing your toes so you're flossing that Achilles but I hope you mean I hope that you mean that it's your cilius and calves and that could be from anything um it could be from running um could be from riding with a seat that's a little bit too high um if you're not used to doing a ton of working out it could just be generally your body getting adjusted but be very careful with that because um yeah, you don't want to have, if the tightness is actually in your Achilles and the soreness in your Achilles, be very careful because we don't want it to get any worse. Achilles can be a very chronic thing. So mm -hmm. keep your calves and Celeste loose, you guys. Yeah. Okay, Nicole perfect. was asking, and I actually answered it in the comments, but I'll clarify about trail running, how often. I think trail running is fabulous. It's every day fun. In the off it's exciting. Yeah. In the off season, yeah, you could do it every single day. Leading into a race like the Ironman World Championships in Kona when you're going to be running on hard ground, it yeah. is important to do some of your hard runs and your long runs on the pavement so that you build up your body's ability to handle the pavement. Um, but trail, trail running to me, I think is absolutely incredible. Um, for me, running on trails, it's like therapy for me, but it also keeps your feet and ankles super strong and it's gonna build up a lot of strength. So I am all for it, Nicole, especially this time of year, but leading into a race, make sure you do enough running on the pavement to get your body used to the pounding. We uh, have like a lot of time to a race, so I'm not, yeah. yeah, she's been doing a lot of trail running, but also remember, and that's someone's thing I never thought of with Kona, um, is to run on the, the road and get used to running on the tarmac rather than um, grass and dirt, because it is different on your joints and knees and ligaments and tendons and, it's just a different jarring. And I know that I didn't do a lot of that. And that's something I changed with Siri. Like I just had to get used to, I didn't love it, but get used to running on the road yeah. because it is different shock to your body. And I used to wonder why I blew up so bad the last 10K. Some of it was because I just didn't condition myself. I was always running through trails and stuff at home. So yeah. that was a big change for me. Okay, so we've got to go now, you guys. Um, Any more questions? Oh, no, there's way more questions, but we can answer them real quick. So if you want to go, I can answer it. Um, breathing, frequency starting for swim. I typically breathe every three strokes. Should I work breathing every other stroke as I work on increasing my stroke cadence? Um, yeah, Laura, that's a good question, but it all depends on, um, yeah, of course we, you want to try and breathe every three or every one, two, one, two, um, like two strokes and a breath, two strokes and a breath. But um, what, I, what am I saying? No, I'm saying In a race, four. breathe I'm saying as four. much as you need As much as you need, but training, you want to get a rhythm. If you've got a really long, slow stroke rate, um, um, usually you breathe um, only every one. That's why we... Um, don't encourage that because obviously you should have a fast enough stroke rate to be able to get three strokes and a breath in. So bilateral is amazing. I actually still really believe in doing the bilateral. So what you're doing every three is perfect. It may change in a race too because you refresh and you're tapered and you have a wetsuit on 
and you may get into doing something a little different. I changed my stroke in a race, which we, we all do, it's okay, but in training you wanna have that rhythm and not be injured. And bilateral is good for your lower back. It's good for yes. evening up your stroke. Um, it fixed my lower back. Bilateral breathing will keep you healthy, so do that every time in training. But when it comes to a race, it's just, you're going for it, breathe as much as you need to. And um, so I'm someone who I would practice bilateral breathing in training, but in a race, I would just breathe to one side and then I'd sight to make sure I was going in a straight line, but I just wanted to get in as much air as I could so that I could perform well. Yep. And Susie, with the shoes, I would be looking at definitely if you've been, she said she was a dancer her whole life with hard ground, and that's like Siri's mum with um with her fitness classes on that hard surface on the wood. You're, like Hoka, we're not sponsored by them, I freaking wish we were, but Hoka's um, have amazing support. Um, they're really thick, really shock absorb absorbent. I would look at getting Hoka if you haven't already. Um, they're going to be great for you, the Hoka, H-O-K-A. I say Hoka, but I don't know how to say it, so. Yeah, that's yeah. right. All righty. Awesome, everybody. Thank you for those amazing questions. I don't know why yeah, we didn't see so any of them up here. Up and Beck and I were looking at each other like, like what's going on tonight? Yeah. How can there be 23 people and no questions? So thank <laughs> you, guys. Awesome questions. We hope you all have an amazing Don't forget week. to sign up for our 10K just so yes. you can do it with Siri on her. On, you can not just with Siri, but do it on her celebratory. This is to celebrate your one life year, too. And one your year post-transplant. Yeah. Thanks, 21st Becky. of February is the day after my birthday. And Patrice's birthday is the same day. Oh my God. So we all have the same birthday. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's on the 21st, guys. You can swim it. You can bike it. You can run it. You can jog it whatever, or walk it. Um, just join us. It'll be a celebration of life. Thank you for everything, guys. We love you. Um, if there are any more questions that you didn't think of, just write them on the board and we will answer them. Thank you, coaches. You're incredible. We love you guys. Have a great night. And I do love my shirt. Thank you, Annette. I love it. It is so awesome. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hi, Vic. Cam here again. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, if you want to join these chats live, you can do so by joining the club at teamseriestriclub.com.